0: idolater, the one who com- who commits idolatry. F- unfortunately, or fortunately, the Bible says that idolatry and covetousness are the same thing in the New Testament. New Testament defines idolatry as covetousness. So a New Testament believer who is covetous is also an idolater, because there's an idol in your heart. Idolatry in the New Testament, it doesn't mean going to bow down mold images and bow down before it, but there are things in our hearts that you know, um, we worship. Some people worship money. Some people worship homes. Some people worship different kinds of things. Some people worship business. They do anything for business, anything you know, play twisted games, you know, and anything to make money. Money has become an idol, okay? Yeah, in the midst of extremely rich people, you just want to be like them, so you begin to tweak things, do things. That's, that's unjust before God. God is seeing that. God doesn't like it. Hallelujah. Or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner. Of course, we know what this is. extorts money, tells lies to just get money from you. Now, the Bible says, do not even eat with such a person. He said, don't keep company with him. No, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God will judge. So God will judge unbelievers. We have no business judging unbelievers, right? Because that's the A sinner is meant to be seen. There's a problem. But when a sinner sins, a dog will bark because that's the character of a dog. My life audience, please pay attention. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, don't even eat with such a person. Okay? Now, look at the last verse, last uh, portion of verse 13. It says, therefore, put away from yourselves that wicked person. Is that in your translation? That's right. Put away from yourselves that wicked person. I saw that last week and I was shocked. I said, wow, I've read this scripture so many times. I've never seen this. So this is a very strong instruction that God considers With these believers who are not called wicked, there are certain types of people who are in our midst that Bible calls them wicked. The Bible says, Bible instructs us to put them away from our midst. So if they're in your church, whether they bring 10 million naira a month as offering, whether they bring 5 million every month as offering, Bible says, put them away. Don't allow them to stay in the congregation of the saints. They are wicked. Wow, praise the Lord. So I thought I should share that. Um, So I was talking about the conference, going back to the... Yes, please. So does that mean you going to treat them out of the church? Yes, it means you should not, you should put them away from from the midst of the congregation. That's what the Bible teaches. But that's not what we practice, you see. And, And you know, um, one of my children here is asking that, does that mean you send them out of the church? I said, well, isn't that what is in the scriptures? Can we confirm? Right, Such a person should be put away, should be as communicated. Is that what is in the scriptures? I want to know if we're in agreement, I need your feedback, thumbs up, high five. Is that your understanding from what we just read now? If you have a different understanding, please um, let us know what the different understanding is.
1: I'm waiting for a feedback, can you all hear me?
0: Okay, you can hear me, right. So I said this, (laughs) this is a tough one, right? Should such a person, if you were a pastor, should such a person be removed from the church? According to what we just read in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6. Is it chapter 6 or chapter 5? 1 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 13. It says, But those who are outside God will judge. Therefore, put away from yourselves that wicked person. Mm -hmm. So, is that a metaphor? Do you think we should put such a person out of church? Okay. Says usually they make them sit at the back. Right? Okay. We can hear, but it's not a different understanding i believe they should be put away for a season for the enemy to deal with their flesh and restore them when they are repented perfect i believe in this i believe this anybody else with another opinion another understanding okay okay well for the benefit of wisdom and knowledge because i believe that most of the people who are listening who are under this ministry would eventually labor in the kingdom of God in his vineyard in one way or the other, either as a cell leader or as a fellowship leader or when persecution eventually comes, you know, we'll all break up, break up and you will be pastoring three, four, five people under you. So all of these wisdoms are very important for us to know. Now, one of the things we should do, but churches, oh, okay, we're having a feedback, but churches today sometimes don't do this correctly. I'm sad to say, yes. Is the church not meant to be a safe heaven? Why push them out though, especially when they are repentant? Okay, so Ada, you're not understanding the question. If a man repents, then he's no longer a sinner. Now, these are talking about habitual, unrepented or unrepentant sinners. Habitual. Habitual. A believer can fall into fornication. A believer can, you know, do one wrong thing or the other. Uh, not even just once, you know. In the course of your, in the course of our journey, we fall, we stumble, right? But when we have become a habitual offender in one particular thing and consistently um, been corrected once, twice. In fact, Bible says you should correct two, three times. After that, what does it say? You should, you say you should call that one a heretic, right? Right? Yes. So now someone is saying here. The church don't do this correctly. I believe now what the church is meant to do is to put that person under eldership. You should be able to have elder, elderly people in your church or in the fellowship or in the ministry that can counsel a young man, a young woman, a person who. Is habitually in this character, who has this kind of character habitually, and when you are sure the person has been restored to be, you release the person back into the midst of the brethren. Now, the reason for putting away some sins that are very cancerous, they spread, it's easy for them to spread. And such sins, particularly immoral sins, covetous sins. You would see that they like certain likes or likes is hidden, so it's usually done in secret. Now, even if it's abusive, you will find out that most young people, most people that have you know suffered from sexual abuse and such things, have kept them secrets. They didn't talk. Now, it's not because they didn't want to say, but because just somehow the enemy likes that secretive thing and either cast fear, or even the person who is doing the abuse, threatens um, his victim not to talk. And so everything is hidden. <sighs> Hallelujah. Um, yes. I like the scripture that says a little leaven can leaven the rest of the body. Yes. Just one small, one person who is doing, practicing this in the midst of genuine weak believers will spread the, the cancer. Okay, um, because spirits, when people become habitual sinners of a particular, oh my God, time is going. I have not touched my message. Okay, let's just continue. When people become habitual sinners of uh, a particular habit, one of the things that happens is that when it becomes very habitual, it's difficult to break then a the spirit is involved in it. That's become a bit spiritual. Something, just know that that demon, if you allow that demon access into a place, it's not coming to just attack that person. It's coming to spread its influence. It's coming to dominate. So it's going to start looking for weak people to push at, weak people to push at. So you see that this person has fallen, that person has fallen, that person has fallen. But the person that brought the lever that is causing everybody fall is one person. It's very important that the church will begin to practice these um, ancient practices, um, why, I'm not, when I mean Asians, I don't mean backward, I mean foundational practices of the church of believing God. This is the counsel that uh, Paul gave to the church in Corinthians, because the church in Corinthians was a very, very, very lascivious church. A Lot of sin in the church, fornication, immorality, drunkenness, competition, you know, and it's giving them parameters for maintaining a church or a fellowship gathering that is holy, that will not be Satan will not have erode and spread. You know, the cancer of sin uh, within the body. Hallelujah. Now, what if? How should the church deal with this? You can't put it away. What is not revealed? I agree. Yes, Mr. is asking this question. Now, that is also why a church must be prayerful. The pastor of any church must be prayerful. Okay? The eldership of any church must be prayerful. Now, when the pastor is holy and is working with integrity, it is rare that God will not reveal things to the pastor. Or to the headship. As either he reveals the way to the pastor, or you will see profiting up these operations. Okay. Now that does happen, okay. Praise God. Um, practically, we've experienced some of these things, really. You know, but thank God for that. What is hidden is sin that is not revealed Yes, yes, yes. So, I think I've answered that, that question. If you accept the church will not grow if it does not put them away, I agree. We, we should not put away anybody that we have not tried to correct. You must have tried to correct the person, pray for the person and of course if there's anyone who is called a minister and is found you know in this kind of situation ministry puppets preaching is a no 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 okay praise god until there is full restoration genuine repentance and full restoration praise god so why did i come here i was talking about the wicked that the prayer of the righteous man is an abomination unto the lord and I define a wicked man as a man that does not know God. He might be your brother, he might be your father, he might be your mother, a child of Jesus Christ. You are called a wicked person. Except the one who says he's a brother or a sister in the church and he's doing these things. Praise God. I want to believe that. <laughs> We are the Philadelphian church, praise God. This community, I believe that if God looks at us in the spirit, I believe we should be about, we should be like the Philadelphian church. I believe that. If we are not yet so named in the spirit, I trust that we will so be named very soon by our striving. Praise God for perfection. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we pray a bit? I want you to pray. And I ask the Lord, to grant you the grace to live right. It is the grace of God to live right beyond what the Natural man can see it's things that bring you money, hidden things of dishonesty. The Bible calls them hidden things of dishonesty in the book of Second Corinthians
1: chapter four. Uh, you
0: know, practices in the workplace, you know, practices that are ungodly, they are not giving us grace. The way, these hidden. Things of dishonesty, hallelujah. I want to pray. So Katana let the blood of Jesus minister strength to me. Let the blood of Jesus wash my heart, wash my soul. You have found grace. If the Lord can point out areas in your life where you are falling short, you have found grace. Okay, that's one level of grace. Another level of grace is to receive strength to walk away from those things. That's another level of grace. Aleka, that thing I'm doing to the so pleasing to the Lord. Shekoi, my Father, we receive grace tonight to so be free. We receive sin of our dishonesty, crooked paths, crooked ways. Father, I will thank you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So we're going to continue with um, the teachings that, you know, um, God has been training us on. Um, last year, at the last conference, we had not way to face the last conference uh, last year at the Spirit of God. And God um, sent us more than three types of men. Okay. But for now, these types of men, and gave us seven years. The Lord said to us, "You've done seven years of your done the first seven years of your ministry. Now you're entering into the next seven years of your ministry." Incidentally, our seventh year as a ministry coincides with the Shemitah years of the Jewish calendar program, the program of God for the um, Jewish man's timings, which are also tied to the timings of the earth, according to the age of the earth and the seasons of the earth, praise God. Um, now people that study those patterns see that specific things happen in the world that seem to shake the world at those times, praise God. Hallelujah. For us, God told us that we have completed the first stage of this ministry. And then the Lord gave us an instruction to so raise three types of men, praise God. Give us instruction to raise three types of men, the type of man called Kenneth Hagin, the type of man called the John the Baptist and the type of man called Moses, hallelujah. Praise God. Now, this type doesn't mean that it doesn't, it doesn't, these things are not literal. These things are what they taught. The wisdom that they brought to the church to the body praise God what they taught John the Baptist preached repentance he preached the baptisms and then the life that he lived he lived a solitary life he was in the wilderness and from the wilderness he called for repentance turning the hearts of the fathers the children, bringing proper reconciliation between God and Israel to prepare the way of the Lord, because the Lord was coming, praise God, and then we see Moses, Moses was the Lord, Moses was the perfect man, in the oath about himself, he said, the Lord shall send you a prophet in the last days, one that is just like me, hallelujah, and whatever he says, that we shall do. He was talking about Jesus Christ. So Moses was the peak of perfection in the old covenant. The Bible calls him the
1: meekest man. On the earth, um,
0: he broke all that the pattern of the tabernacle was giving to the on of Israel. That's another saying us, telling us that in the next seven years, I ex, I want. Hello? Can you hear me now? Awesome. My internet went off. We can hear you. My internet went off. Yes. So um, where did I stop? So I was talking about of men, right? I talked about the Hagin, I talked about John the Baptist, I talked about Moses, and I said that um, the incidentally, the church, a few weeks before that conference, yes, a few weeks before that conference, I had had from the hotel room in morning vision, I slept. It was a vision of the morning, if it there's any word like that. It was not a dream, I believe. Uh, and I had a decision from Kellen Hagen, and he gave me something. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now. I understand the structure of the house of the Lord. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Can you hear me now? Yes.
1: Yes, we can hear you. Can hear me? Yeah. Yes, yes, that one is back.
0: If the internet is faulty, maybe you should switch to hotspot. It might be clearer.
1: Okay. Praise God. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. Glory to God. All right. I'm so sorry. The internet is, um, so we have like two, three backups, Wi-Fi, this one, that's one. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a season that we have to be praying for Nigeria. Every, we're being shaking on every side in this nation right now. All right. So, um, So I was saying that for, by the mercies of God, um, you know, the understanding of the house of God is critical to a builder. <coughs> Paul called himself a wise master builder, now, that's word, wise master builder means that he's a man that has the architectural design of the house of God. Now, right after this teaching, I want to do a series of teaching on purpose, right? But before I, 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 I want to do a teaching on purpose that came into my spirit today. In this building, this, this raising of these men um, through the wisdom that comes from the tree of life, praise God. Hallelujah. So the wise master builder is the man that has the architectural design of a property. Architectural design of a house. You understand the foundation. You understand the walls. You understand, you know how many bedrooms should be in the house. You know how the house should be finished. And then you are able to bring in together all the laborers that will ensure that that house starts That's a wise master builder. Paul called himself, called himself a wise master builder. That means that I said, why is Master Builder? If someone is building something out of the plan, different from the plan, you should be able to tell that something is wrong. Now, that should be every pastor, every minister of the gospel should have a download of that pattern. When God gave Moses the pattern of the temple, he told him, He said, make sure you build it according to pattern. So there is a pattern that the house should be built, the house of God. I'm fine with this, if this will keep us, praise God. There is a pattern that God has, has, has given us for building. So that means I should understand what should come first. Now with that understanding, I know that the, the just living by faith, the faith life is critical for the raising of the house of God in the life of a believer. Now, I want you to know that the raising of Christ in you is also the raising of his house in you. I want to say that again. The raising of Christ in you is also the raising of the house of God inside of you. Praise God. Uh, When we dig dig deeper into the truth of God's word and into the mysteries of God, we find out that we are the house of God. I'm a house of God by myself. Complete house of God right? But the church, also together, is also a house. The house of God. So God expects me. Can you unmute? Someone's mic. So the person is on the road, trying to going home. Daniel, mute your phone. Sister Adiola, mute your phone. Thank you. Please mute your phone. Thank you so much. Thank you. One more phone to be muted. Daniel, mute your phone, please. Media, please mute Daniel's phone for us. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. So we have that Understand. We must understand. The Bible says that we are the house or we are being built up as a habitation of God by the Spirit. That's in the book of Ephesians. Okay? So as individuals, we are being built up individually. And then it is that building us up individually, that would eventually form the corporate house of God. Hallelujah. And when you are building a wall, you will see that every wall, every block on a particular wall has to have the same height, has to have the same height, the same shape. Do you understand? Otherwise, the wall will be distorted. So that means that there are measurements of stature that believers are going to come into. So those who are on the 30 fold are going to be on one type of wall or one type, one part of the house. I'm trying to use natural things to describe spiritual things for us. And I hope we are getting it. If you've been in this community long enough, you should be understanding these things very easily. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you're not understanding, please give me a high five and I'll break it down for that. You're not understanding. All right. I have a life... Uh, audience, a live participants who is not understanding. So let me go back again. And it is good for us to hear these things again. Now, each human being, the destiny of each human being is to make it, your triumph, your triumph, your victory in life is that you made it as the house of God, as the dwelling place of God in eternity. At the end of the ages, when God is selecting his house, praise God, when God is selecting his house, that you made it as one of the people that will be selected to build a house for God. So for the reason of understanding, God calls us stones. We are lively stones. The scripture calls us lively stones, right? Now the purpose of stones is to build a house. That house is God's house. Now. In the mystical life of God, praise God, it's mystical, it's spiritual, it's not natural. Now, in the mystical life of God, God has declared that it's human beings that will be his house. He said, I will no longer dwell in houses made with stones, but I will dwell made by hands, I will dwell in houses, I will dwell in men. For the habitation of God is now with what? Men. For the tabernacle of God is now with what? Men. We see that in the book of Revelation, Revelation 21. Galatians 22, praise God. God wants to dwell in the midst of men and for God to demonstrate that to us, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not inside the Ark of the Covenant anymore. The Holy Spirit, in fact, he was never there. It was his presence he sent there. It was never in that Ark. It was his presence that was sent there, right? Now, for, for God to show us that this is what I want to do in eternity, This is one time when I want to do, when I close down the age, this age of man, this earth age, as we know it, I will eventually come down from where I'm hiding, where I have been hiding for all this eternity. And I will make my tabernacle in the midst of men. I will dwell in the midst of men. So for him to demonstrate that for us, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Everybody say with me, Holy Spirit. Say with me again, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So he gave us the Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit to float around. Not to be inside one tabernacle or to be inside one room. No, but to be where? Inside of us. The Holy Ghost lives on our inside. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now the reason why the Holy Ghost lives on our inside is to also build us, help us to raise the house that God wants to live in. Because God will not live in an unholy house. God will not live in the house of a rebellious person. God will not live in the house of a man who is disobedient. God will live in Christ. Say with me, Christ. Christ. Say with me, Christ. Christ. Now, Jesus Christ is the perfect man. He is the example of the man that God will live inside. So the reason why the Holy Ghost has come inside of us is to raise us to be exactly like Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit is inside of me to correct me, to teach me, right? The ways of God. Hallelujah. And as he's teaching me, I'm becoming Christ, it's it's not, it's not mysterious. It's very easy, right? If I was lying before and eventually stop lying, I've entered into a measure of Christ. Okay? So if Jesus is 100% and the allocation of stopping lying is 2%, I've assessed that 2%. I'm just using these things, you know, to analyze for us. That's not how it is calculated, but just for us to, you know, bring us understanding, right? okay so there are measurements so you see in that foundational, in that building work of the house of god that raising of the temple of god of the house of god there are foundational truths and that foundational truth is critical for the whole house am i correct if i want to build this house we're inside right now the house you are in in your home the house you live in the foundation must be well laid if the foundation is not well laid the house is going to collapse and the bigger the house, the deeper the foundation. Hallelujah. In the house is going to be massive. 100 floors, right? 30-something floors, 60-something floors. Even if the ground is rocky, the foundational pillars must go downward. There must be depth. So also, if you are going to carry God, you must be. You must have depth. You must, they must push you down. Depth, you must have depth to be able to carry God. Now, that is why the Spirit of God is on our inside. Hallelujah. And the foundation of the life of a believer is a faith line. It's understanding faith, praise God. So I am not confused that, you know, immediately the Lord brought the understanding that, yes, what he wants us to do is to teach his people, ground his people in the faith line, so that his people can now begin to what? Grow. Everybody say with me, grow. Say with me again, grow. Grow. Now, the purpose of that growth is to carry God. The purpose of that growth is not to acquire wealth. It's not to make money. It's not to build a big house. It's not to buy the latest cars. Now you have those things and you are serving God in them. You are, you are blessed. You are super blessed. Much grace, much favor has been given. And you it means you have labored much. Because the Bible says it is difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. It's not difficult for a rich man to be born again, but but for the rich man to enter the kingdom. So when we use the word enter, we think it means going through a door. Don't think like that. My husband explained that during the last conference. When the word entrance, enter into the kingdom of God, it doesn't mean I will leave room A and enter into the room B. No, it's an operation. It's a becoming. You come into an operation of God. You come into... A dimension of God, hallelujah, praise the Lord, because there's a way you have lived and conducted your life. Hallelujah. Now, the ingredients for raising us up, how many minutes do I have? Oh my God. Now, I want to carry on. (laughs) If you have says carry on, hallelujah. I want to appeal to everybody, please don't go. When it's 9 p.m., please don't go. This meeting officially is actually meant to end by 9.30. So please, when it's 9 p.m., I beg you today, please don't go. You will be blessed. I beg you not to go, not to leave the platform when it's 9 p.m. Whatever it is you've scheduled for 9 p.m., ask the Lord to please help you preserve it while you finish this meeting. Hallelujah. Now, the, the what God has has destined for us to be raised with is food from the tree of life. The tree of life was the theme of the last conference that we did. And someone asked a question. Francis asked a question at the conference. He said, How does the knowledge of the tree of life reconcile with the instructions that we have received from God to raise men after the order? of Hagen, John the Baptist, and Moses. My husband explained clearly the expressions or the dimensions of these three men that walked on the earth, praise God, and how it is the word of God. It is the word of God. It is the word of God that will build these men. God has no other, there's no other God doesn't have any other agency through which he builds people. If you're going to bring forth fruit to 30 fold, if you're going to bring forth fruits to 60 fold, if you're going to bring forth fruits to 100 fold return, all of these three dimensions of fruit bearing is going to be done by the word of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the word of God, It's not letters. The word of God is more spiritual than letters. And what I have found with God's word is that the more I learn God's word, the more it opens. So today I come to this scripture. It is saying this. I receive it. I use it to do one or two things. I apply it to myself. But as I grow deeper, as I mature, I come back to the same scripture. And I realize, oh my God, this scripture means so much more. Hallelujah. So much more. So God is looking for a people. At the end of the day, the word of God would have been tattooed all over us. Right? We have mingled. The word of God would have mingled with our flesh. Mingled with our soul. Mingled with our spirit. Of course, right now, our spirit is complete image of the word of God. We are born of the word of God, the Bible says. We are born of the incorruptible, ever-living word of God that lives and abides forever. We are born of the word of God. Say with me, I am born of the word of God. Say with me again, I am born of the word of God. Say with me again, I am born of the word of God. Hallelujah. So if you are born of the word of God, God has also ordained that we will be sustained by the word of God. We will be kept by the word of God. Now, the challenge of every believer is learning to use the the word of God to live their lives on the earth.
1: That has been our challenge.
0: Hallelujah. Praise God. But the training that God is bringing us into, God is training us, and God has been training many of us here Okay, some have grown beyond what I'm teaching right now. Some are just coming into to eat. Praise God. Now, at whatever level you are in, there's no other food that you are going to eat outside of God's word. Because sometimes they cook it soft. Like a baby, you boil yam, you boil it very soft. And then you do what? You mash it. When you mash it, if your baby is really baby, 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 you can add a little water. Okay, you can mash potato, add a little water or add some milk and, you know, stay, stay, it, right? It becomes pure, but it is still young. Okay, you break it down for the child. I break down the word of God for you, right? But after a while, you can chew it yourself. So I can dump it on you. And when I dump it on you, won't it, eh, this is, heresy. no. You have the ability to assimilate it. You have the ability to so break it, I have the ability to understand it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh. At the last conference, I said something very critical. I said the circumstances, the challenges that we go through, what they are meant to do for us is to teach us. God is going to, is meant to use them. The reason God allows them to come to us is so that through those challenges, we we are trained. The training, the militancy, you know? You are here as an army force, a military force. You are an elite force of God's army. If you are in the Cape community, I assure you, you are in the elite force of God's army. And what God is doing with you is that God is raising you, training you to be able to send you out. So, this is a military training camp for believers. You would understand the purpose of God. You will know how to defend your nation, Christ. Your nation is Christ. You become defenders of the faith. Praise God. You will know how to represent your country well. We are ambassadors of Christ. The ambassadors are the representatives, the official representatives of a nation in another nation. Many of you still call yourselves Nigerians, call yourself Yoruba man. If I meet Pramichi, where are you from? I use that for purposes of filling forms or maybe for interviews sometimes. But subconsciously and unconsciously, I do not see myself as a Nigerian. Nor neither do I see myself as from my village. Yesterday night, I had a dream. And in the dream, it was my grandmother's house. This time around, it was furnished. You know, the kitchen mud mud house, I knew that house. That house was probably 70 years or 80 years old, right? Ulaita, right? I'm asking my mom. (laughs) So it was a mud house, right? But in the dream, I saw it with a fridge, with a microwave, (laughs) with fine pots, and blah, 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 blah so i know Satan. <laughs> yeah 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 one of the things that you must learn is the character of your adversary right i did a series of teaching on deception and one of the teachings i did is the deception of satan satan is a bloody liar he's a liar he's a deceiver when he wants to come to you he doesn't come with two horns black twisted face painted face no He comes looking aristocratic, speaking good English, full of excellence. It depends on how he wants to approach you and the level of your mind. Okay? So when I woke up from that dream and I entered into my prayer room to pray, wearing stilettos. Thank you, sweetheart. Right? When I entered into the room to pray, I laughed. I told Satan, I said, decorating my grandmother's room, okay, does not make me think that that was not her room. It will not make me accept it. I am not from that place. If you like, turn it into a a a, a uh, 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 What is the most modern city in the world? Manhattan? Is it Manhattan or Hong Kong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it Monaco? My daughter is saying Monaco. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. So if you like, turn it into modern day Dubai. Yes, yes, yes. too much trash okay all right but manhattan has one of the most expensive real estates in the world isn't it square footage one square meter in manhattan is crazy all right so well whatever turn it into the most modern city in the world i will recognize it and i will reject it because i'm not from there i am from the heavenly jerusalem jerusalem above is my mother and i know who my father on the earth is his name is abraham and that's where my, that's where I come from. And my father has no sins, There's no repercussion. He's not going to pay for any sin. He's not going to pay for any iniquity. So there is no ground for you to touch my life in any manner, in any form. So I summon that power. Okay, these are some of the things I want you to learn. Sometimes you are dealing with an issue and it's over trash, you pray, 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 pray. Now you need to address entities. I summoned that call, I said, come here, I want to talk to you. I said, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of God. The word of God says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and all things are becoming. I don't need to buy it. I don't need to say fire. I, no, I just need to use the word of God and put Satan where he is, where he belongs. I summoned that call, I said, hear me, come and hear the word of God. I quoted four, five, six scriptures, one after the other, say, "This is the word of the Lord, and it cannot be broken. It cannot, it cannot be broken. It will start, Hallelujah! Now, this is the life God wants us to live, and it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes we face circumstances and situations, and the enemy wants you to, wants to wear you out. Please, don't don't never allow yourself to be worn out. Right? It offends believers when you tell them your issue is a faith problem. It's because you don't have faith. It is not a lie. It is because we don't have faith that we are overcome in circumstances of life. And the way to get faith is through the Word of God, is to go back to that Word of God and wrestle with that Word, and wrestle with that Word, and wrestle with that Word, and wrestle with it, and wrestle with it. We find it a bit boring wrestling with the Word of God alone. Fu Rakabasaka, pray not that with me. Leke porosakatalababa. E sheka socko tana ba leke posakata baba. E ziga daga dagabosan takura lagaba sika na baba. Elegende de go sakataya na baba baba. baba, baba. Le ga da ga da ga da ga da ga
1: da
0: ga da ga da ga da ga da ga da
1: ga
0: da ga da ga da ga da ga Now, when I'm building my life with with God's word, I am growing. That's what spiritual growth means. I am growing, I begin to grow. So when I meet natural circumstances, those natural circumstances, they will come. It's not because God hates you. It's because God wants to train you. If he doesn't train you with natural circumstances, you will not be able to handle spiritual realities. You'll not be able to handle spiritual realities when true spiritual realities come the natural issue that you've not learned to handle or put them in their place will overwhelm you and you can't carry the weight of the kingdom praise god now unfortunately because the mass builders who are the builders the pastors the teachers do not have not understood that the ability of a believer to handle the natural circumstances of his life is the end of the faith journey. So we, they plateau there and exalt people that have learned to use God's word for healing. Using God's word for healing is good, but that's not the purpose of the gospel in your life. Now, is it God's plan for you to use God's word when you are sick? 100% yes. God would rather that you trust his word than go to a doctor. I'm telling you the truth. If you ask God what his preference is, that is what he will show you. He will show you what is in his word. Now, is it a sin for you to go to the doctor? No, 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 no. It's for weak faith. When I say weak faith, does it mean I'm insulting you? Not at all. It's just for weak faith. For someone that has not learned to tenaciously hold on to God's word and push through with God's word for the manifestation of what God is saying, what God has spoken. And why do I say that? Throughout the life of Jesus Christ on the earth, throughout his ministry on the earth, never did he meet a sick man and he said, go to the doctor. Never, not once. Now, does it mean that if you say, that someone, go to the doctor, it means that you are working, working against the word of God? No, you just want him to be alive. He's not able to receive, or you yourself are not able to minister to the person. Because Jesus ministered successfully to those he met. And sometimes his disciples could not do it. So if you couldn't do it, it doesn't mean you should kill yourself or make an excuse. You know, sometimes when we can't do some things, we begin to say, eh, the person didn't have faith. That's what happened. You could not do it. So they went back to Jesus and said, Master, why could we not do it? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? little faith so that means that their faith was too small for what they jammed what they met praise God praise God so that faith needed to be beefed up needed to be fed needed to be fed 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 and then they needed to understand the operations of that word of God how it works hallelujah Praise God. So when we deal with these things with God's word, we come into a place where we can now begin to, we know, first of all, the reality of who God is has been clearly written upon our hearts, right? Um, When David met Goliath and he was going to kill Goliath, what what did he say? He said, I've killed the lion. I've killed the bear, right? He said, this this, um, uncircumcised Philistine, I will kill him too. The same God that gave me the head of the lion and the bear will give, give me your head. Hallelujah. Now, before we go tonight, I want us to read a scripture so that it won't be that... Um, we didn't even open the Bible safe. <laughs> this is open book. <laughs> We're supposed to be opening the scriptures. Woo, hallelujah. Open book one day will be for five hours. Shake Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, the Lord highlighted this scripture in my spirit man, as I waited on the Lord today uh, concerning this meeting. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Please, if you're joining this community, if you're just attending these meetings, um, open book. What for now, newly? I want to beg you. If you've not been a part of this community, I want to just appeal to you. Please join the Kibadulam messages chat group, and just go back. You know, to old messages, listen to them, listen to them. You know, play them on your way to work, play them when you're coming back, play them when you're relaxed in your bathroom, in your house, whatever you're doing in the kitchen. Just keep them running for a season so that you can come into some knowledge, you know, you can come into some level of growth, maturity, so that you can be able to comprehend some of the things that we're teaching across all the platforms, teaching platforms that we have for our growth, for our building, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now the Lord showed to me said the law of the spirit of death or the law of sin and death has its expressions in three or four ways in our lives. Praise God. Now that law of the sin and the law of death came into activation, came into our zone when Adam sold out to the devil. So as soon as Adam sold out to the devil sin had dominance. Sin came into the human race and men began to sin and the wages of sin is what? Death. So sin has its laws. You can see that in the book of James, right? How sin functions. Okay? And then death also has its laws. Now, when we mean when we, all, when we say sin and death, the first thing that comes into the heart of a man is fornication, for sin, adultery, for sin, life, for sin. And when you say death, the next thing that comes to the heart of a man is physical death, okay? Now, if you're a bit spiritual, you might think separation from God or going to the lake of fire. But this law is beyond these operations. Now, this law of sin and death is what rules the present age, the present world that we live in. Praise God. The present world that we live in, the systems that govern the earth, please, let me tell you, Whether it's the educational system, it is governed by Babylon. I was analyzing my children. I I went to pick up my daughter from school on a Saturday. And I looked at the calendar the school sent to me and Saturdays also have now become school day for certain schools. That even children who are not writing exams go to school on Saturday. When we were growing up, we never went to school on Saturday. Even during Waihek, even during common entrances, nobody went to school on Saturdays. When we were growing up, my mother was a teacher, we closed school by 2 p.m. By 2 p.m. everybody went home and people wrote exams and passed. And I can assure you the quality of education we got then, it is still better than the quality of education we're getting there today, at least in Nigeria. But the system that is here today has captured that educational system and has swallowed the child. So the child is outside of the home, is not growing up in the home the way the child is meant to, and the child's mind is forced to learn things the child has no business learning at a certain age, forcing the child into maturity early. Now, the effect of that is that that child will understand sin quickly, earlier than when the child is meant to, Now, once the knowledge of sin wakes up in a child, the person is hell, hell ready. You can go to hell. So an eight year old today can go to hell. Why? The system has forcefully matured that mind, opened that mind to comprehend evil and to love it and to have pleasure in it. Now, what is running that system is the law of the spirit or the law of sin and the law of death. It is not always physical death and sickness. Yes, the law works in the body. Now, your training, child of God, is to ensure that it doesn't touch your body. Those are the beginning trainings of a believer. The just shall live by faith, I shall eat immediately, it shall not hurt me. Practice it. Do you know what I'm saying? How do you practice it? You eat something poisonous. No, I run up and say, Hey, I'm just eating poison food. No, you will start pulling. You will get hurt. Begin to declare immediately, I shall eat any deadly thing. It shall not hurt me. I shall eat any deadly thing. It shall not hurt me. I shall eat any deadly thing. It shall not hurt me. Don't say it once or twice. It might not work. Say it as many times as possible. Address the food. You, this rotten food. You, this salad that I eat, I instruct you by the word of God not to hurt me. You have no right to hurt me. You shall not hurt me in the name of Jesus. You practice it. Praise God. God wants us to practice the word. Otherwise, something that started as food poisoning could end up being another thing because the, Satan, that same law of sin and death, introduces death through a tiny thing, a little pimple on your body. Right? Yeah, what is this thing doing here? Don't say, eh, what is this thing doing here? No matter how small it is, address it with the word of God. Address it with those words. If it resists you, the more it resists you, the more you address it. The more it resists, in fact, when it begins to resist you, call it serious. Praise God. And never make the mistake, never make the mistake of thinking that you have arrived at a certain point where if you don't address some things, they will just go away. I made that mistake once. And I regretted it because I battled for too long. Don't ever think so. No matter how minute it looks, respond with God's word instantly. Praise God. Now, it is these trainings that will bring you into mastery. It is these trainings that will bring you into mastery. The sensitivity that we have with the Holy Ghost, the training of God's word we have with the Holy Ghost, will bring us into that place where we can understand life properly. What do I mean life? I mean the cosmos. I'm not, I don't mean Zoe, I mean the cosmos. Understand this life here that we are living. We drive car, we go to work, we come back, we eat food, okay? It is that training, the training of God's word that will bring you there. So that law of sin and death wants to dominate every part of your life. It doesn't just want to dominate your habits alone. It's not just your habits. There are many unbelievers that have very sound habits. Do you know that? Very disciplined life. They don't eat what they are not supposed to eat. They don't eat at the wrong time. They are very disciplined. They do their exercises. They, do. they are very conscious. They are very nice. They are very well-spoken. They are very organized. <laughs> but they are the wicked. Mm-hmm. They are the wicked. Yep. Nice people, but wicked, according to the scriptures. Now, those, that lie, the lie, this law of the of, the law of sin and death, it also wants to control your spiritual journey. No sleeping here now. It wants to control your spiritual journey. That law of sin and death. He wants to control your choices with God. He wants to control your purpose in life. You're not able to discern. When you're not able to discern the will of God, when you're not able to discern the plan of God, it is Satan at work. It is Satan at work. When you can't make the right choices, it is Satan at work. That law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus wants to, wants to, to tweak, wants to tamper, wants to poison your spiritual journey. So it's functioning in every aspect of our life. It's functioning in our solely Okay, I just talked about our solely strength. I use education as an example. The law of the spirit of death, sin and death, is functioning in the medical realm, medical sector. You say, oh. The doctors are doing so good. Honestly, thank God for doctors. Thank God for what they can do. But somebody, somebody engineered the diseases. Somebody uh, birthed them. Somebody has also set up an industry for them. To make money for them. <laughs> okay, I'll stop there. I don't want to rustle some. Rustle our... Ah feathers. But you understand what I'm saying. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we need to be very careful not to believe in the lie that is in the system that Satan has created. There is a lie in that system that Satan has created. And the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what it is meant to do for us is to deliver the wisdom, deliver the life they will deliver the mind, deliver the heart of God to us concerning every matter, every issue, every circumstance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is demonstrated fully through the knowledge of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is where I want to end today for the benefit of everyone. And I want to say again that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, for it to function fully in us, it is demonstrated through the knowledge of resurrection. Many of us believers have not fully, in fact, many of us believers have not even begun to walk with or touch or understand or comprehend the knowledge of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. What God brought to us through resurrection, what God brought to us through resurrection, what God brought to us through resurrection, resurrection, the resurrection life, the resurrected life is the ultimate life of the new creation and God wants us to come into this life through the feeding from the tree of life, which is
1: the word of God. So
0: there's much more in the word of God. There's much more in the word of God. The training of the word, the breaking down of the word, the mingling, of the the tattooing of the word of God upon our souls for the word to be tattooed on our bodies, it must have been tattooed in our minds because it is the mind that controls the body, praise God. So all of my meditation, all of my meditation, soulish meditation, meditation, uh, uh, audible meditation should be the word of God, the raw word of God, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Praise the Lord. There is no other clothing, there's no other decoration that you are going to have in life except that decoration that comes through His word. It's the word of God that will provide for us the garment, the covering that we're looking for. It is through the word. Now, that word will cause us to behave in a certain manner. That word, when it enters into our being, it will build faith, to build faith in us, to build strength in us, to build tenacity in us. And somebody is saying, what about prayer? Your prayer life is not effective if it is not backed by the word of God. Your priesthood will not function properly if you do not run your priesthood based on the word of God. You must know at all times, it must be in your tongue it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. Hallelujah, we're gonna go deeper, okay? And begin to take portions of the scriptures and break them down and see the ordination of God for us that God wants us to come into in these last days as we see the day of Christ approaching and that we see also Satan you know, raising his horns on the earth to cause much, um, much trouble on the earth. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I don't know if you have been blessed tonight. If you have been blessed, I just want you to thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Oh, I need to pray a lot, much more to. Be able to push out, you know, what I see in my spirit that we are meant to hold through the word of God. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. Lord, we thank you for the spirit of faith. We thank you for the spirit of discernment. We thank you for the word of truth. Hallelujah. We thank you for your word that says that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin. And let me share a, a, a small testimony with testimony for us before we, we leave. At the last um, Lamb's Wife retreat we had, that's when we began to look into this scripture, Romans chapter 8 verse 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And somebody walked up to me and said, you know, she shared some, shared some things with me. And I said, go back. This scripture, this truth we shared today is your battle acts that's your tool for the war you've been fighting for years and i said to her i said go back to your prayer closet and take this scripture and this instruction is for some other people here tonight and take this scripture the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death when you are praying Pray it as a prayer for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law. As much as God will grant you grace, as much as you will find strength to stay there, stay there for hours, declaring God's word with passion. Some of us declare God's word without passion. It will not work. Don't say it's in my heart, it, it will not work. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. Makes much power available. When Jesus was praying in the garden of, the Bible says he prayed so much that sweat, blood like sweat broke through his veins. What kind of a prayer is somebody praying that your veins will burst and burst through your skin? You will sweat so much that the sweat glands are now bringing out blood veins that have cracked inside of you. What pressure did you put on your body? So you see, we have, us, that's why the word is not generating. It's not effective, right? This person called me a few days ago to say that, you know, that when I began to pray those prayers, I began to have certain dreams. I don't want to go into the details, you know, I don't want to talk about the last, the, the dream she had that, uh, that made her to call me. But f- surely, surely God began to show her that your freedom and your liberty is in praying this Scripture. Just that scripture alone is able to deliver victory to your life, victory you've been looking for for 30 something years,
1: 20 something years. That's how
0: powerful the word of God is. God is bringing me to that place where paraphrasing the word of God, there's no need to paraphrase it. Use it the way it is wrong. Stay with it the way it is wrong. Make demands on it wrong. The word of God is a being. It's a person. It
1: will manifest. His name is Jesus Christ.
0: Hallelujah. Woo! <coughs> And through that word, faith is built. Faith is generated. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. This house will be built. Say with me, this house shall be built. This house shall be built. The foundation of this house shall be properly laid in the name of Jesus. You are that house of God. Say with me, I am that house of God.
1: Say with me again,
0: I am that house of God. God." I am properly built. I am, I am being properly built. The foundation of my life is being well, being well laid with the word of God. The word of God. Oh. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we thank God for tonight? Let's just thank him. Now, before we all begin to leave, um, I want to announce to us that two announcements. Please, everyone pay attention. Don't go yet. Number one, we have a need to pray emergency, an emergency prayer. Otherwise there'll be bloodshed in Nigeria because of these elections. We need to pray, okay? Um, riots have begun to spring up, you know, little, if it's not contained in the spirit, if we don't go quickly and arrest this atmosphere, so naturally it's going to break down. And what will happen is the election will be canceled. That's what will happen or some other things, you know, there'll be a staring military takeover, all kinds of things that we've been able to pick from the realm of the spirits, you know, um, things, ideas that they are toying around with. Now, it is, we, this is our priesthood. This is how we rule, not by, not by, not by uh, for election. If you're a Christian and you want to fight for election, that's fine. But predominantly, this is how we rule, okay? So we want to function in that priesthood and we want to pray continuously for the for three days non-stop, 72 hours. No human being can pray for 72 hours non-stop except the power of God rests on you, you know, the way God he rested on Ezekiel. So you stay out. because you need sleep? Even if it's for three hours, you need sleep within 24 hours. But we want to make sure that within that 72 hours, prayers are going on. I want everyone that is a part of this community participate, you must participate. So pick a 30 minutes, a one hour, two hours, three hours. Don't do it once, pick at least two days within the 72 hours and you will log in or come to the cave and pray. Some of you will be asked to lead the prayers. As people volunteer, we pick those that will be asked to lead the prayers. What we're going to be praying about, we're going to be praying, we're going to be judging the heavenlies, the atmosphere. We're going to ask God to intercept. There'll be no military takeover. There'll be no coup. coup. There'll be no riot. That the Lord will bring a spirit of restraint to hold the people to endure through this dark season that we're going through, so that we'll walk through this valley without falling into the hands of the enemy. You know, if we react the, the way they think we'll react, we'll fall into their hands and they'll carry out their plans. But if the hand of God can shield us, hold our hearts, hem us in, and we won't react violently, um, there won't be a breakdown of law and order, and things will not scatter. Praise God. Nigeria is in a crucial birthing season, and we want to encourage everyone to push through until it is birthed. That is one. Then two, we want to ask God, Almighty God of heaven and earth, creator of all things, maker and possessor of the heavens and the earth, to come to Nigeria on the 25th of February for the election.
1: We're gonna be making that request
0: intentionally ask God to come for the election. He should come and vote. He should come and oversee the police stations. He should come and oversee how they are sending out their reports. He should come and oversee how men are voting. He should come and see those that he will need to push aside. He will come and see. He should come and oversee. We just want him to come by himself. This prayer requesting that God should show up is more prayer. It's more powerful than binding the devil. I can assure you. So when God shows up, you don't need to bind the devil. If God doesn't show, that's when we labor ourselves. Then I bind you. I repeat. I've learned that God has trained me in that. If you want God to take over, him, to see something, you're faced with something that is too big for you, too strong for you to handle. Don't try to handle Just run to your father. Daddy, please come and take over this matter. Come and fight for me here. Come and help me build. Come and help me go. Come and help me. Do you understand? And God is so willing. Hallelujah. So, 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 so willing to do this for us. Such a humble, loving father. So we're going to ask him to come. So please, this is very important. Then um we uh, have our next kingdom praying uh, kingdom prayers for kingdom people, kingdom women, kingdom men, kingdom prayers for kingdom people on the 21st of February uh, Tuesday 21st of February. Uh, we're going to have the flyers out and it's going to be an evening meeting to start by 4 p.m and we close by 6 p.m. Praise God. So look out for these two announcements. And God bless you. Tomorrow is what for now. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for tonight. Thank you for for, um, what you have taught us this evening. Thank you for stirring our hearts. Thank you for stirring our hearts, oh God. Thank you for waking us up to how critical, how important your word is to us. In the name of Jesus. As we go to bed tonight, we commit our lives into your hands. Hallelujah. I want us to break bread, so I'm just going to go ahead and pronounce the blessing on the flesh of Jesus. Praise God. Now, if there's anything you need the Lord to do for you, and you can find a scripture about that particular matter, I want you to bring that scripture before God as you break bread and take communion tonight, right? I want you to, as you break the bread, you provoke the power of the covenant. There is a power in this covenant. There are things in the covenant that are ours, that God has given to us for our our benefits, for our good, praise God. Mm -hmm. Even natural things for our good. We need to assess them through the power of the covenant. So you, you take your bread, you take your blood, and you consistently declare Declare that word before your father and remind him of the power of this covenant. It is this covenant that has delivered this blessing to you. Hmm? It is the covenant that has delivered this blessing to you. You are free from the condemnation of sin because of the blood of Jesus. You have become a partaker of the inheritance that is in the saints because of the blood of Jesus. Praise God. You make those declarations. You stay there for a while. Blessing the name of the Lord and enforcing that scripture over your circumstance. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We receive your flesh and your blood, Jesus. We thank you for the efficacy, the power, the authority, and the dominion of the blood of Jesus over our lives and over your people. In Jesus' name, amen. And lastly, before we share the grace, we are resuming evangelism, corporate evangelism, on Saturday, the 11th of February, by 10 a.m. in the morning, our takeoff point is at the cave for corporate evangelism within Ogudu. Please watch out for more details and more announcements. God bless you. Let's share the grace of God together in fellowship.
1: Jesus Love of God. And the, fellowship fellowship of God, the and the sweet
0: fellowship of the Holy Spirit the fellowship and alive, of the Holy Spirit rest and abide now and forevermore. Amen. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Surely God Surely, God's 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 should follow us all the God's days of God's our lives. God, and we dwell Christ, Christ, the in the, the, house, the house of the presence of our God, God the forever the the in Jesus' mighty. Forever,
1: and Amen. 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 Uh, Good night, good night, everyone. Nice. Good, night. good night. God bless well, you. Man.
0: See you good soon. God Join God us now. 8 p.m. Good night, Mama. Good, night. Thanks, God good, night. good night, night. God bless you. Good night, good night God Mama. Open Thank you. God bless you.
1: God. God bless you. Amen. All
0: right. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I haven't heard Adeoluwa's voice in a long time. Are they still here? Adeoluwa and his sisters haven't heard your voice in a while. Thank you, Jesus, for that worship, (laughs) Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Pastor Chia joined us tonight. God bless you, woman of God. God 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 bless you. God bless you. I love you. Yeah. That was it.
1: Hello, a, Pastor Chinny. Hey, son, how are you? <laughs> oh, good, good, good. My you.
0: <laughs> that was it. Uh huh. you have missed so your much sisters. Much. I'm <laughs> fine. But we're going to catch up this week. Sometime this week, okay? call. I want to see all your faces. Uh huh. No problem.
1: bye Bye. bye
0: oh can I share my experience oh my god I didn't see that
1: oh